Welcome to Saturday Sport on Leitrim Daily, where we're going to take a look at the action around the sports pitches of the county over the next couple of days, with a little eye back towards any action that took place during the week. I'm going to be talking very shortly to Leitrim and Mohol GAA player Donald Flynn about his season so far, how the league has been going for Mohol with an eye on their game this evening. Aoife Lowe will be bringing us up to speed on everything that's going to be happening at the National Rowing Championships and the ladies' footballers are going to be in action in Hyde Park this afternoon with throwing at 3 o'clock against Roscommon in the first game of the round-robin stages of the Intermediate All-Ireland Football Championship. We'll be talking to Avian Quinn and the manager of that team, Danny Clark. But first, I'm going to be talking Gaelic games, Gaelic football to be specific. I'm joined by Donald Flynn from Mohol and, of course, Leitrim. Yep. Donald, welcome to the programme. Thanks very much for having me. It's great to be here. We're going to take a quick look back at the Division 4 success in the mm-hmm. Nas- National League final and then we might talk a bit more about how the club scene has been faring for you for this season. Let's start with that Division 4 success. Was it expected? Was it a little bit out of the blue? Not really because I think every year in Division 4 we kind of expect to get out of it. I think this year we kind of had a bit more belief because we probably had a little bit more of a high profile manager in. We had a lot more players committed this year that maybe hadn't committed for different reasons of the last couple of years. So. I think there was definitely, even before the league started, there was definitely a quiet confidence in the training and the big panel that Terry brought in. So we had up on 40 lads training up right up until the second or third round of the league. So huge competition. Like even like the 30, 35, 36 players didn't even know who was going to be who was going to be in the team the next day. Never mind the panel for the league. So I think there was a quiet confidence. And then obviously when we got through the first two or three games, then it really started to hit home that this is the best start we've had in a good few years. So there was definitely there was definitely a, a good buzz around the place after we won the first three games going into the first break because that meant we were 100%. It was all in our own hands. We weren't waiting on any results. Obviously, a one defeat in the, in the league stage of the competition to Derry, up in Derry. There was a bit of mind games when play that day. It might necessarily have been a full team fielded, but going into the league final against the same opposition... What was the, the outlook? Obviously, Leitrim hadn't played in Crow Park in over a decade. It must have been nice to get back on the pitch. Yeah, it was great to play there. And I, I suppose there was a bit of shadow boxing in the the league game before Crow Park. So I think there was you couldn't really read too much into that. And I'm sure Derry had done video on us and we'd done video on them before the Crow Park game. But I suppose even though it was disappointing to lose the game in Crow Park, it was still great to get up there to actually have promotion and we could go out with a little bit of freedom and play uh, football kind of on the front foot. And I know we didn't get the results, but you can kind of look into the game and we kicked maybe, I think, eight or nine wides in the first half, which probably look back on and say it might have been the winning or the losing of the game. But, yeah, it was a great experience. It was great to get great to get out in Crow Park and hopefully in the next few years we'll be there a few more times. The championship, did it go to plan? Happy with it? No, we wouldn't be happy with it now. And I know a lot of I've kind of read a lot of things online and stuff where it's like, oh, the, it nearly looks like the Leacham are happy with promotion and the year was over. But that wasn't the case at all within the camp. We did really target Roscommon and that didn't work out, as everybody knows. But we did feel we could have a good run in the qualifiers and we did get another win in the qualifiers, which was always great. But uh, very disappointed against Clare because we really wanted to go on at least another step or two getting a f- few more games under our belt, which would build us into Division 3 next year. But the championship didn't really go to plan. It wasn't really a good championship for us, but we're in Division 3 next year. We're playing better opposition all the time. So hopefully in the next couple of years, we can 
have a better run in championship, maybe target a Connacht championship in the next couple of years. Moving back towards the local scene, mm-hmm. uh, obviously a Mohol club man. Yeah. have been heavily involved in that team over the last decade or so. Mm-hmm. It's been a pretty good decade, maybe six, seven, eight years for Mohol. You've played in four of the last six county finals. You've always been there, thereabouts, the top uh, clubs in the county. How are you faring out this year? This year we're going well. We're unbeaten in the league. Um, we have a few different lads off in America, a few different lads off the panel for certain different reasons, but we always kind of have a strong panel. We always have good young players coming through. So this year, yeah, we're, we're, we're looking strong this year so far and hopefully we'll bring the league form into championship because there's a lot of games coming thick and fast. So we'll be straight into championship now after these, these league games. So if we can keep kind of injury free and just try and push on and try and get to the quarterfinals as quick as possible. Now you say unbeaten this year, up to Wednesday night it was a 100% record, points dropped against Ahoyle and will you regret that draw later in the season or are you fairly happy with the way the league table is looking at that you'll be in the final come the end of the season? Yeah, I think staying unbeaten is still a positive and especially against Ahoyle who bet us in the county final last year, they're a strong team so a draw really isn't a bad result especially when we are at the top of the table so... Not really points dropped, considering that it's all still in our own hands to get to the league final. So it was a kind of a tight game last night, and either team probably could have won it. Uh, so not really points dropped, I'd say. We're still looking good. Taking the positives out. Yeah. Tonight you see a trip to Manor Hamilton. They've been kind of your bogey team, and there's always been a, a nice back and forth between you for the last five or six years. They're kind of out of the reckoning in terms of getting to the final because they're six points behind with three games to go. It's very unlikely they'll bridge that gap. It would take a minor miracle for them to bridge that gap at this stage. Is there a little bit of pride in the fact that you might be the ones to put the nail in their coffin on Saturday evening? Uh, There is. There's a big rivalry, I suppose, over the last five or six years between Mohill and Manor Hamilton. I suppose when I first started playing for Mohill, we couldn't really get over Manor Hamilton. They were really at the peak of their powers. But in the last three or four years, I don't think we've lost to them. So... There is a bit of bragging rights, there's a lot, uh, even though they're probably mathematically out of the league final contention, they'll probably want to show that they can, they can, they can beat us and uh, really be competitors for the championship. They want to take that scalp as well? Really, yeah, they, they will, yeah, we'll, we'll want to take a scalp too, so we'll see. Of the teams so far in the league, who has surprised you the most? There's no, there, to be honest, there's no real surprise at the top of the table. I expected the likes of Ballamore, Melvin Gales... Manor Hamilton, Carrick, all those kind of teams to be up the top. Down the lower end, there's a few surprises. Maybe Gert Letcher have been kind of strong the last couple of years. At the bottom of the table, it would have been a bit of a shock. It's very competitive this year with the four teams going down. So even at mid-table level, at this time of year, usually teams kind of dial off waiting for championship. You could be mid-table safe, so they might kind of start trying a few things. But really, the last couple of weeks, every team has just been going hammer and tongs in every game. So... Should, no. they re- should they relegate four teams every year? Uh, no, I don't think so, because it would be a bit unfair, but it, it's good to restructure it, and it's good to keep it more competitive, because it's definitely the most competitive league in the last couple of years, because there is so much emphasis on staying up. If you go down, potentially, you might not get back up for a couple of years, so there is that risk. Yeah, it's definitely competitive anyway, it's great. It's great that there's no, there's not much forfeiting games like there was in previous years, when teams were mid-table, and maybe they didn't want to pick up injuries for championship, so... That's good that every, every team was going to be playing games straight through championship. There's no mind games of, oh, we'll concede this game because we're safe and maybe we want them to pick up injuries, that kind of way. So it's probably the best league that I've ever been involved in anyway. 
looking back at Wednesday night fixtures, we might as well run through mm-hmm. sorry, the fixtures, the, the games that were played. We may as well look at the results as they came in. Let's start in Anaduff. Uh, Anaduff had a f- four-point victory. I'm trying to do my quick maths here on, on my yeah, yeah. fly. Anaduff, 14 points. Gortletra won seven. As you mentioned, an eighth successive defeat for Gortletra. Uh, it's very difficult to see them staying up at this stage, I think. Mathematically, they're in, in big, big trouble. I don't think it's quite 100%, but okay, it's, yeah. it's 99.9% that Court will be in Division 2 next year. And enough gave themselves a good chance of staying out of that with that victory. Ochna Sheelan went down heavily to Manor Hamilton, uh, 11 points to 216. Manor Hamilton winning out there by 11 points. Mm-hmm. Uh, Melvin Gales, as you mentioned, a bit of a surprise in that game. Four points to Sean O'Heslin's 112, 11-point victory. I didn't see that coming. Yeah, I'm just from talking to a few different people, I've kind of heard a little bit of stuff. Uh, maybe that I think Emlyn Mulligan might need to be playing. So we played Melvin Gales last week, and he was very impressive for them. He's doing the bulk of their scoring, and I think Dara Rooney is missing for them as well. So I think McGlone was missing midweek. Okay, as well, yeah. So so. Th- so that could be potentially three of their their really top top players missing. And even I know the likes of any team, if they miss their three top players, it's going you're going to struggle to beat. Any team, never mind Ballamore, who are going very well this year. So, if the, if those three players are were missing, then it's probably not that much of a surprise, to be honest. But Ballamore are going strong this year, so maybe you might expect Melvin Gales to get away without those players against maybe some of the the lower down teams. But I don't think you'll get away with missing your big players against big teams like that. Fianna St. Collins beaten by a point by St. Mary's. Quite a tight game considering St. Mary's doing quite well at the top end of the table and Fianna had been struggling. A point or two in that game for Fianna would have given them a real fighting chance of staying up. Yeah, that was a real high scoring game actually. It was probably a great game to watch. I suppose Fianna probably looking at it unless they win their next three games, they're they're going to be out. So that was a big, that was a, a probably a, a opportunity missed for them really because if they'd got even if they like because I'm sure there was a kick of the ball in it, so if they got a win there, they're really the momentum is a big thing as well. They would really be pushing on to stay up. Yeah, Carrick very very hard to beat and they're very quick, so they probably just uh, had it in the legs at the end. And I don't know if Rorke is back, Ryan O'Rourke for Fina, so he's he's massive for them. So without him, they're kind of they're struggling. And looking at the last two games in the round, I was at one of the games you played in the other. Okay. Uh, we'll start with the one I was at, Leitrim Gales versus Alan Gales, nine-point victory for the home side there, 215 to 12 points. To be honest, Leitrim Gales have been running very well this year, but I think they've probably exceeded all expectations going in. Uh, I'm not going to put the hoodoo of saying they're the favourites to win the Intermediate Championship because I won't be let back into the village okay, if yeah. I do. <laughs> but they played some really nice football, particularly in the second half. There was, I think, two points in it at the break, and they really pulled away. Uh, one two in the first five minutes of the second half pretty much killed it as a contest yeah. but Alan Gales just never seemed to quite be able to lift it back in yeah well I suppose uh, on Leitrim, Leitrim Village we or Leitrim Gales we've uh, we found it very difficult to beat them and they've 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 beaten us once or twice in the last couple of years and they're a real real big strong physical team which is is great if you have big strong physical men you're going to be hard to beat on any day so I wouldn't underrate them at all. I think they're if if they stay up this year, they're definitely definitely worth it. And uh, we had a very tough game against them here this year in Mohill, and we were lucky to come out on the right side of that. I think we only won by a point or two. So, Alan Gales. Then I think Alan Gales have been struggling a little bit with players away, and like they're trying to get probably trying to get all the players back for championship. I think the league is probably beyond their grasp now probably to stay up so i think if they kind of get a few players back cuz they're always a they're always a, a decent championship team quarter final semi finals 
every year for the last couple of years. So I think if they kind of rebuild and get some of their players back, I don't think they'll they'll really worry about the league. The final game, your game, we've already touched on it. You you got twelve points, Mull twelve points, Ah mm-hmm. Willen one nine. Happy? Yeah, we're relatively happy because we are we're missing probably eight, seven or eight first team players and that's no excuse or anything but uh, it was a great game it's always really tight against Ahawillan and uh, they play real open football which we like to play as well so it's always end to end there's always lots of scores yeah they got a goal in the very first minute of the game literally from the hot ball so that kind of had us chasing the game for the first half at least and then the the second half was kind of a more more of a battle it was kind of wet and slippy so there was lots of turnovers uh, lots of excitement I was talking to a few people after the game they said it was a great game to watch so Let's take a look at tonight's fixtures. We've already touched on your game against Manor Hamilton, so we'll leave that one out for the time being. Sean Heslins and St Mary's, top of the table clash. Sean Heslins, again, can pretty much end St Mary's hopes of getting to a, a final. If they were to beat them, it would leave them I think, five points up behind with, with two games to go, should you win as well. Um, I have a lot of good friends from Ballamore now, so I don't know if uh, I should tip against them, but uh, they're they're going well. They, I don't think they've been beaten either. I think they only drew with uh, Willen as well, so... They're going strong. Uh, that was a good win for Carrick last uh, Wednesday, but I, I'd, I'd be probably tipping Ballamore to win that one. They probably want to get to the league final, get that sewn up, and maybe just cool off for the championship then because it has been a very tough uh, few weeks with lots of lads feeling heavy legs, injuries, knocks. It'd be great if you could get to the league final, even from our own perspective. If you could get to the, the league final with maybe two games left, you could... Start maybe trying a few lads out, start kind of trying a few different tactics and stuff for championship. So I'd probably... The bottom two play each other in Gort Lettra. Alan Gales, the visitors there. Defeat for Alan Gales would effectively relegate both teams. Can we see anything but a, an away win in this? You'd be thinking that just uh, reading it on paper, but uh, that's not really, the last couple of years, that's not really the way Gort Lettra work. I don't think the, they're going to lie down for anyone, even if they're, even if they're technically relegated, but... Um, I don't know. I don't know if a win for Alan Gales will do them much good anyway, because they're probably looking on dependent on results then after even. But they should have more of an incentive to win. But I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be backing against Court Lecture on and that. The only thing I say is Jeremy McKernan went off late in the game last week. He picked up an injury, um, so he didn't look in great the best shape leaving the. Yeah, the pitch. well, that would be a huge loss because he's very big for them, even on forty fives, long range kickouts. Like you can't underestimate how how big of a loss that would be because. Even under high balls, short kickouts like the experience he'd have, so that would be a huge loss if if he is out. So they'd be really struggling without him. The team you drew with during the week, Ahawillan, they play Melvin Gales in Ahawillan. Any uh, thoughts on that one? Yeah, that's a game I'd actually love to go to because that'll be a great game. That'll be very tight. If Melvin Gales have all their players, it'll definitely be very tight. There'll be there'll be a kick of a ball in it. Just judging on Ahawillan played Ahawillan and Melvin Gales in the last two weeks and. I think probably Ahwillan might have a little bit more there. All these games are at 7 o'clock to this evening. Ochnashielan play Leitrim Gales. I've seen both these teams in the last week. I think Leitrim Gales probably have enough to take it. Ochnashielan missed a penalty against Alan Gales. Barry McQueenie uh, forced a great save out of Zierman McKiernan, who we mentioned earlier. We talked about it on the show last week. But I think Leitrim Gales just have hit that vein of form and they just seem to be in the right frame of mind. And I, I fully expect them to go and win that game. Yeah, just give, I've just cursed that, them now. That that, well, that's really, that's a that's a really a huge game because if you're looking at if Legion Village win that, they're they're safe pretty much because they're on eight points, and I think Achnashilan are just blow them on six. So like, that's really a must-win game for both of them because 
it could potentially, if Leach and Village lose, they're potentially straight back into the relegation battle and Achnashielan will be trying to get out of that relegation battle. So that's probably the biggest game of the weekend in terms of the whole league. And Aduff and Fina is kind of in that same mix as well, to be fair, the last game of the, of the weekend. Yeah, so out of those two last games, like the, the losers of both those games are, are really in big trouble because the other two teams will catapult above them. So they're, yeah, that's really the most exciting league round I'd say in years because there's so much at stake for four teams there um, couldn't really call it now especially with those games they'll, they'll be they'll be real they'll be championship type you games you come back and play with these boys next year you don't want, yeah, to, you yeah. don't want to get nailed to the cross <laughs> listen Donald it's been an absolute pleasure having you the very best luck to you this evening and the best luck for the rest of the season thanks the very much focus. best luck with the podcast now it's a great incentive to talk about the league football and all sport in the county so thanks very much for having me This weekend in Enishkara County Cork sees the National Rowing Championships and I'm joined by Aoife Lowe from Carrick Rowing Club who's taking part this weekend. Aoife, welcome to the programme. Thank you very much for having me. Tell us a little bit about the rowing club in Carrick and Shannon. Well, the rowing club here um, has about 75 members in it. We have five very dedicated coaches who come train us every day of the week and it's going well at the moment. And this weekend, you're all competing, well, 25 of you at least, are competing in the national championships down in Cork. Must be an exciting weekend ahead. Yeah, well, there's been a lot of training gone into, gone into it and preparation, so we hope to do well in it down there. And what are you competing in yourself? I'm competing in the Junior 16 quad and the Junior 16 uh, single skull. 25 people taking part. Who else would we be looking out for over the course of the weekend? A lot of them who uh, have potential to do well over the weekend. Fintan Early, he is competing in the inter-category and Francis Crine's daughter, Shauna Murtha, she's also competing. And there's lots of juniors as well who hope to do well. Now, Francis Crine, obviously a woman with plenty of pedigree in the sport yeah. of rowing. What's it like kind of having that history around the club? It gives us motivation that we could potentially get there ourselves you don't need a lot of uh, resources to be able to get that far. In terms of the actual effort that goes into being at this level in the sport, what does a, a week in the life of a Carrick rower look like? Oh, well, there's lots of training involved. You have a lot of dedication put into it from both coaches and the rowers. Yeah, training every, every day. And is training actually physically in a boat out in the water or is it in the gym? Well, we do a bit of both. Mostly on the water is for technical stuff and you build up your fitness and stamina upstairs in the gym that we have in the rowing club. Do you take part in other sports or is the commitment to rowing so big that you kinda, you've had to just focus on this for the year? I used to do other sports. I used to swim and play football for um, a certain amount of time but I got into the rowing and I absolutely loved it so I said I'd devote all my time to the rowing. We did mention Francis Cryan earlier, uh, is there any chance that we might have somebody in the club, maybe yourself, maybe one of your friends who could possibly uh, reach out those peaks and maybe not for Tokyo next year but maybe Paris in five years time? I'm not too sure, well we might, there's the likes of um, Gwen O'Rourke and Shauna Murtha as I said and there's lo lots more who have the potential to do well. Well listen, the very best look over the weekend and we hopefully will be bringing home some final places and maybe some medals for Carrick at the Rowing Championships in Cork. Thank you very much. This afternoon in Hyde Park in Roscommon, Leitrim ladies take on the home side. 
in the first round of the Intermediate All-Ireland Football Championship. It's the round-robin group. Uh, it consists of Roscommon, Leitrim and Offaly and the first game this weekend. And I'm joined by one of the Leitrim members of the squad, Aveen Quinn. Welcome to the show, Aveen. Thank you very much, uh, Breffney. It's been a, a year off for Leitrim last year. There was no senior women's team. Mm, yeah. So it's been a bit of a learning curve for some of the girls to get back into the, the, the fold this year. Yeah, into the swing of things, I suppose. It is definitely hard when you're kind of picking it up from the bottom, but, you know, it is where foundations are made. And really, you know, we did have a bad year last year, and that goes without saying. But this year, like, there are positives to be taken from it. The team is up and running, and we're definitely making strides for next year and to finish out this year good and strong. You face Roscommon this weekend. You've already played them in the championship this mm-hmm. year. How did the first game go? Uh, we did lose the first game, but... In fairness to ourselves, um, within about 30 seconds we had let in, was it a goal or two goals? And until the last 15 minutes there was five points in it. So we really did kind of push ourselves saying, really, how close were we? If we hadn't let a few silly mistakes, and that's all it was, a bad ball gone awry, you know, where would we be? And we would have been up with them. So definitely, um, ladies football is known to be, it's, it's, it is a game of inches. And it's just about these balls going right at the beginning for us. In terms of the overall championship, 12 teams, four groups, mm-hmm. top two in each group go through to the quarterfinals, which means that two teams of yourselves are scumming and awfully. What would make a good season for Leitrim, in your opinion? Well, definitely um, to win games, absolutely. But if anything, what we want to do is we want to show our performance because I think a huge problem with us is that we felt like we haven't performed to our potential. And it's about reaching our potential and showing what we can do. It's about not losing the heads in the first five minutes and letting something silly go right and then playing amazing football but not being able to make it back up the hill we've built for ourselves. So it's about showing what we can do and showing what we're able to do. Saturday afternoon, uh, it's the Hyde Park at three o'clock, immediately before Roscommon play their Super 8s game, the men's team. Mm -hmm. There's probably going to be a fairly big crowd, even coming in a little bit early to watch you but also a fairly partisan crowd, and that's going to be mostly shouting for Roscommon. Any worries about that at all? Not really. Used to be an underdogs, so, I mean, it's it's simple for us, really. And as for a big crowd, plenty of us have played in big games, so we're, we're used to pressure like that. Well, listen, the very best of luck. Thank you very much. Danny Clark, manager of the Leitrim ladies team. Looking forward to Saturday? Yeah, yeah, It's look, it's a big day out for the girls playing in Hyde Park prior to the um, Super 8s game where Scommon and Tyrone. Uh, it's a massive occasion uh, for the girls because they put an awful lot of hard work out throughout the year. It's been tough, t- tough time, tough, good times and bad times throughout the year. It's been a hard league campaign throughout and coming up against a very strong Roscommon side who we previously met in the Connacht Championship. It's, uh, it's a tough task, but look, we've strengthened depth in the panel, so we'll, uh, we'll go in with optimism and uh, give it a shot, you know. It's been a tough so 18 months really for Leitrim not fielding a team last year, coming back into competitions this year. Has it been tough to pull the girls together? Uh, look, in many cases it has in that uh, you're, you're blending a lot of uh, youth uh, with experience. A lot of girls this year, or I think over the course of the championship, we gave, I think it was 16 debutants in the first two games. And look, any team in the country to do half of that will be doing very, very well. So the whole idea is it's a building process. But at the end of the day, I mean, it's a learning curve for a lot of the girls to come up against Sligo and Roscommon. You can't buy experience unless you keep plugging at it. A lot of those Sligo girls and Roscommon girls that we came up against uh, wouldn't have had um, as, as successful a pass as the likes Leitrim had two or four years ago. But with their hard work and graft, working together all the time, 
um, they've come to fruition by getting to their league finals and the comic finals respectively so the whole idea is our girls are looking to try and emulate that and it's not going to happen overnight it's going to take you know could take f- six months could take 12 months could take a year and a half but we're working together and look, it's a building process all the time what has impressed you the most about Leitrim's attitude this year? Just the willingness of the players to give it, give it their all when when the going gets tough. You know, like when the game against Roscommon, we conceded we conceded three goals in the first minute and fifty two seconds. But you know, after ten minutes, the score was two one three one. We still scored two one in the next ten minutes. We've uh, never said die attitude, but the whole idea is that again, when it comes to the 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 higher the the latter stages of uh, the games with the more experienced teams, you know the experience was trying is winning out more so, but the willingness to learn uh, is second to none. And like you know, we've you know had tough times with uh, you know trying to organise uh, training sessions around uh, pitches in the winter time. It's you know like for every county, it's it's tough at times trying to get the the best of facilities, but like. You know, come hail, rain or snow, the work ethic is um, its brilliant with the girls. And I can't, couldn't really ask for much more for, for the girls that have turned up, you know. Who are the key Leitrim girls on Sunday? Missing missing one or two, but key, uh, look, the two Heston girls, um, Claire Owens, Louise, um, Louise Maguire, um, both Michelle Manon or Michelle Hackett, whoever's looking up to be in goals, are, would be extremely key for, for the kickouts. We need, you know, we need uh, to improve our movement from our own kickouts. But around the middle of the pitch, when you've got the the speed of Idella um, Kelly and uh, Claire Owens delivering the ball into Michelle Heston and Anya Heston, they'd, they'd be like, there's no real, there's no real one leader in our team. I make sure that all the girls are leading from the off the front foot. But like, if you have Carla Leguin and Vivian Egan or Car- Carmel McGovern on song, you know, be very heartbeat, you know. What is the current state of women's football in the county? Um, I think it's actually very, very positive. I was at the um, intermediate and the um, senior finals at the weekend, and the standard was very, very high. Um, St Francis um, had a great win over over Mole. Mole were, were quite unlucky. Did a good first half, and just unfortunately didn't perform as as well in the second half. And again, the the senior final was uh, was a brilliant affair. It was eleven at half time. On your on type, put on a great performance in the second half to notch on a couple of goals when with 15 20 minutes to go when it was in the melting pot the standard is definitely it's an excellent standard in comparison to other counties I'm from Sligo myself and look, I see a lot of games around Sligo but I feel that the club standard in Leitrim is, is extremely high at the moment I look anyone that's tuning in look uh, get out and support the county the girls um, have put uh, an awful lot of work in and they could do with that extra bit of support it's great to see you know it's great to see a Leitrim team back back in the grind and the only way is up there's plenty of youth coming through and the whole idea is that it, this is a stepping stone. This is step number one, and we're moving on. And we'll give a good perfor- we'll give a good account of ourselves and get out and support your county. I'm joined now on the line by Porrick Boylan, who is the press officer of the Connacht Motor Club, who are organising the Sligo Stages Rally, which will come into North Leitrim on Sunday. Porrick, welcome to the program. Uh, good afternoon, Brittany. Uh, Thanks for having us on. No problem. Why don't you tell us a little bit about the event on Sunday? Well, it's our annual event, uh, which takes place uh, mid-July each year. Uh, and actually, in fact, last year, I suppose, was an exception because we ran into September due to the extreme temperatures. But uh, our, our annual date would be mid-July. And uh, Sunday, we're, uh, our stages takes place. Um, and it's, we're in existence, I suppose, for in excess of, of uh, 35 years now at this stage. And 
we're looking forward to a, a great line out of CARES and as I say we're heading into uh, some of Sligo and into North Leitrim. Uh, we have something in the region of 135 entrants at the moment and uh, hopefully they all start on Sunday morning uh, leaving Park Pharma which is at the retail park in Carroll. It's going to hit North Leitrim. There are road closures. Can you tell us a little bit about the road closures on Sunday just so people can be aware of that? That's right. We're heading into some of North Leitrim, some of the, the, I suppose, the classic stages in North Leitrim. And yes, there would be road closures, but we have, of course, been around two residents. And, you know, at this point, I want to, you know, thank the residents that have been really understanding and accommodating uh, for us. And uh, without that support, it wouldn't be possible to run the stages rally. But yes, there is some road closures. I know all the residents on those routes would have been communicated with over the past number of months, and they would be aware of that. But just for people in the area, I suppose, the general area is taken in some of Dancar, um, a little bit of Glenboy, and into uh, some of the area of Lock Gill. So just in that kind of region, it's just to be aware that there may be road closures that will be marked and highlighted on access roads to the stages and that kind of stuff so yeah we'd have put a lot of effort in communicating the, the information out to people in terms of the actual rally itself you said 135 cars is there anyone that people should be keeping an eye on over the weekend oh look we have a nice line, line up there uh, we have a quite a good top 10 um i suppose realistically the the man to watch is josh moffat from monaghan because uh, josh practically has the the national championship uh, wrapped up at this stage and uh, should he have a, a re- reasonable outcome out of Sligo he'd have it in the bag um, you know so uh, definitely Josh is the one to, to keep an, an eye out for um, Roy White of course it would be the, the second man and uh, Roy the previous winner of the national championship would be no doubt trying to uh, put the pressure on, on Josh and maybe push him out to another event having to complete another event but yeah, they'd be the two main ones, and of course, then we have Daniel Cronin and Johnny Greer, and they they'll be battling among themselves. They'd be doing a bit of testing, as it was realistically for uh, the Ulster Rally, uh, which will be coming up shortly, and they'd be using these roads really to test uh, for for that. But they would be well in contention too of winning the actual event. So there's a number there that would be in in in, in contention, and as was dependent on circumstances on the day and weather conditions on the day that can determine who will hold the win. Porik, just in terms of the, the community as a whole, of the rally community in Ireland, obviously the loss of Manus Kelly a few weeks ago was a huge loss. What's the mood in, in the whole community like now? Oh, yes, and, you know, and we're all struck uh, by, by that, you know, the sad, sad, unfortunate passing of, of Manus. Um, it has affected everyone in the sport, definitely. Um, you know, there's there's a mood, but it has you know it has brought us together. Um, we're all we're all really struck by it. Um, you know, the safety features and everything that's in cars up today. You know, it's unimaginable that something like that could happen. But I suppose accidents do happen, um, and and particularly you know, Manus was very well accepted, three times winner in Donegal, and. You know, the fact of being from Letterkenny and all, um, you know, it really touched everyone. Um, and, you know, that continues to to, to help in our minds, like um, uh, the passing of, of, of Manus. And, you know, our, definitely our, our sympathies are with the family and all, all his friends. And 
you know, the whole rally community uh, has been affected by that. Um, you know, uh, but we we have to kind of think on positive when we go out on Sunday. Um, you know, safety has always been a feature. Uh, there's an awful lot of effort and uh, focus that goes into safety. And, um, we, we, you know, we would uh, just keep in his memory um, the fact that, you know, that it, it was a sad day in Donegal. Where can people get more information if they want to maybe find a vantage point to take in some of the action on Sunday? Well, we have uh, both the website and we're on Facebook and Twitter. Um, and, of course, the, the old uh, method was the, the rally programme. And I repeat to spectators or, you know, enthusiasts that's going out there to watch the rally to purchase a, a programme. Um, it is the only return we get from a spectator. As I do say, it's a free-to-view sport. But it would really appeal to the people who maybe to pick up a programme. There's quite a little, a lot of reading in it. And there is another little feature within that programme this year. Uh, we introduced it last year, um, which is uh, QR codes. And that will actually, with a, a modern, any modern smart device, you can actually scan the QR code and it will lead you to a good, safe vantage point. It will also give, give you a video of that location. And it'll give you, you know, an idea of what you will actually see when you get to that location. So I'd advise people, you know, those programs will be available in numerous outlets, uh, both in Sligo and Leitrim. I'd appeal to people maybe just to, to purchase a program. It's a small little contribution to the sport. Fantastic, Pork. Listen, the very best of luck on Sunday. Thanks for being here and thanks for the call. Uh, really appreciate it. And that, folks, is the show. Two last pieces of information that came in just a little bit too late to be included in the main body of the show. Niall Morahan was called up to the Irish under-19 squad for the upcoming Euro Championships in Armenia. He flies out yesterday to join up with that squad and hopefully will do the country and himself and the county and his club proud over the next couple of weeks. Alva Clancy, part of the World University Games squad that we have spoken about many times on the show in the women's football. They were beaten today in the third and fourth place playoff, leading 2-0 going into the closing stages. And unfortunately, two late goals led to a penalty shootout, which resulted in a loss 4-2 to the Russians. And unfortunately, they will come home with fourth place. Congratulations to Alva and to her teammates for a fantastic run and for really exciting all football fans in the country over the last couple of weeks that's really it Uh, we are done we'll be back tomorrow evening with a roundup of all the sports action of the weekend talk to you then